Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. He is so mad at me. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Come here, you and I need to talk. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. The TSA was a monster. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I don't want to spend my vacation like buying underwear at Target. Hello, everyone. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. This is Margaret. And today we are talking about what kind of monster colon vacation edition, Amy. (laughs) Colon vacation edition. Colon, who is the monster? Correct. This is like the third sequel where it's like Jaws 3, colon, Death in the Water, colon, The Rising of the Mega Shark. You know, it's got to have like the four part by the end, colon, oh wait, I'm the Mega Shark. Halloween 4, It Comes at <laughs> Night, colon, The Rise of Jason's Sibling, Sabrina. Yeah. Who is me? Right. Exactly. Or maybe your spouse or maybe your kid or maybe the TSA agent. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. It's usually your spouse. I'm going to give you that spoiler alert early on. But before that, Amy, we would be monsters if we forgot mailbag. I have a good mailbag this week. It's from Mailbag. Oh, I shouldn't sing the mailbag song because we have a mailbag song. Mailbag. So this week's mailbag is from Marin, who wrote in on Instagram to say, I love your podcast so much. I'm so grateful for the entertainment and wisdom and laughs you two provide. I'm listening to your Burning Questions episode, and I have to tell you, there's a TV show that both of you will enjoy immensely. The cute Irish guy from Bridesmaids, which we couldn't remember his name. That's what we called him. Marin says he's in a series called Moon Boy on Hulu. He plays the imaginary friend of a cute Irish boy. He's also on a short film that's on Apple TV with the book author and illustrator Oliver Jeffers, who will also become a celebrity crush for you. Follow Oliver Jeffers on Instagram. Prepare to fall in love. You're welcome, says Marin. I'm going to say to Marin, first of all, I like your name. We've had a lot of good names on the mailbag. I wish I could have children all over again, so I could name one of them Marin. It's such a good name. Why did your mother name you Marin? Well, she had a podcast, and there's this thing called Mailbag with two different sound tags for it. And anyway. Now I'm just aiming for the grandchildren names, which I believe you don't get a big say in, but I will be the grandma who's like, what about the name Marin? That's pretty. I heard it on my podcast years ago. I've always thought Marin was a special name. Okay, but what were you going to say about... The cute guy in Bridesmaids. I want to say thank you and how dare you to Marin because thank you for the recommendation. And how dare you? That's Chris O'Dowd, the cute Irish. Like, what kind of Irish woman would not know Chris O'Dowd? I think we didn't know him when we talked about it in Burning Questions. But okay, so Chris O'Dowd is in Moon Boy on Hulu. Have you watched it? I can't bring up a TV show or a podcast that Margaret's like, oh, yeah, I watch it. I actually have not watched this. <laughs> okay. have not watched this. You scooped us, Marin. Yeah. No, I have not watched this and I love anything with cute Irish boys. That's my um, cute Irish boys are my uh, what do you call it? I mean, my happy place, my Achilles heel. I don't know what they are, but I like them a lot. So this is like a hot tip before you go on your next vacation. Load Moon Boy onto your phone in your Hulu app. And I will also say that it's almost certainly likely that I could not remember his name (laughs) when we recorded the episode. But today I'm like, who wouldn't know his name? There was like a who wouldn't know that you wouldn't know that because you're the monster. Right. Apparently I am the monster because I'm sure I didn't remember his name when we were talking about it. And now I'm like, that is basically remembering my own name. And that is how your brain works in middle age. I'm like... Chris O'Dowd. I mean, I have a tattoo of his name on my forearm. And a month later, I'm like, who are you talking about? I have no idea who that person is. 
Mm-hmm. So I have to take back my um, condemnation of Marin. Of Marin. Marin, whose grandchildren, my grandchildren will have your name, so we can't fight. Chris O'Dowd is just sort of this idealized spouse. Like, he's just so cute and adorable. Like, he would never do most of the things that the spouses and partners have done per our listeners on our Facebook page who wrote in to respond to this vacation edition prompt. You know what Chris O'Dowd would never do, Amy? What? What would he never do? He would never leave packing until the last minute, like so many husbands. Never going to leave the packing until the last minute. <laughs> wow, a rickroll on the podcast. We haven't had that. We haven't had that. That's a new low. I somehow deleted this person's name, and I apologize when I was making my notes. We avoid vacations at all costs. Three littles, and we'll go when they're older, maybe. But we are military and occasionally travel to visit family and have to move every few years. And every time I'm shocked at the monster that is the last minute packer. It isn't me. <laughs> I like my lists and we have additional checklists and laundry plans. But I married a guy that packs his things the night before, not even the day before. Like the sun goes down the night before and he's like, I know you wanted to go to bed as early as possible, but let me leave all the lights on so I can ask you where specific I Items that I haven't used since our last trip are. Yeah. I love him. She says they've been together 14 years. It's not a deal breaker, but thankfully we don't travel much. I feel this so desperately. It's a, it's a more generalized thing of like when your spouse thinks you need, like, why do we need to start packing two days before we leave? It's like, because I'm packing for this one, this one, this one, this one, and you're packing for yourself and you're going to start 11 p.m. the night before. I mean, as usual, when we have these conversations, Amy, I am the monster. I am the disorganized member of my family. My husband does all the packing. Otherwise... He packs the kids. He packs the kids. Well, my kids pack themselves now, and we have to QC. We have to do a quality check, right? It's not like... Yes. We recently went to Europe for our first time ever, and I mean, we didn't let them pack their own bags, but we did. Each one of them has a suitcase. We have a Darth Vader suitcase, a Jurassic Park suitcase, and a Hogwarts suitcase, Amy. See if you can guess which one is Margaret's. <laughs> mine is not in there. I'm sorry. Those are just <laughs> the children's. Mine is just, the theme is... Yours is a Chris O'Dowd suitcase. Yeah. It's got his face in huge <laughs> pictures, even though I can't remember his name sometimes. We let them pack themselves now. But even when they were little, I laundry he packs because I'm very disorganized. I mean, I recently went to the Jersey Shore for an overnight with some family and I packed all the kids. My husband was out of town and I was like, I've got this. And I packed everybody and I loaded up the car and I got to the Jersey Shore and I didn't have my own suitcase. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and I had to buy like three like... Jersey Shore is for lovers t-shirts and wear them for two days because and like wear my bathing suit as underwear because I had no clothing. You are the monster. This brings up Carrie's story. Carrie says one year she drove to Disney for a long week meeting family there. Her husband only picks up his suitcase when he, they're all sitting together, you know, at the driveway. He only puts his in the car. You can have words about that. She didn't realize this. Nobody realized this until they arrived. It's a three-hour drive home. She said, I'm not making the drive with three kids, and you're not leaving me alone at Disney for six hours with three kids. So we went to Target and bought new wardrobes and toiletries for everybody except her husband. My kids just did this. I was so mad. So I live in New York City, and you, when you come back from a vacation, you know, your suitcases are in the back, and you don't have a driveway or a garage or anything, so you have to unpack in front of your apartment building, and then one person takes everything upstairs while the other person goes and parks the car. So my kids, who are big, I mean, I have teenagers, and they get everything out of the back, and then I drove the car back to the garage, to a parking garage, and then walked home a couple of blocks. Where's my suitcase? Yeah, nobody had my... I got my suitcase. You didn't tell us to get your suitcase. They're all the monsters. Everybody except me is a monster. And you have to understand, like, I don't think you're understanding how bad this story is for Amy. Like, she has now parked her car like five blocks away from her house at a subterranean garage. Yes. Where like getting it back involves like going back and waiting a half an hour for the guy to bring the car up from like the God knows where it is in the levels. Yes. And he is so mad at me, by the way. He did let me ride the cool elevator and just get it out. And I had to tip him and he was, you know, thoroughly annoyed. Of course. And you should have said, my kids are the monsters, not me. <laughs> right. How dare you? I tried. Yeah. The leaving one suitcase behind is a, it's an all time classic. Nicole says that her husband thinks that packing is easy because he only does it for himself. Mm -hmm, it is. The fact that I pack every time for two girls, me, the dog, all the food prep and living stuff, parents, camper, 
thoughts and prayers to you, Nicole. Oh, camper situation. Okay. Well, my husband tells me packing is going to be so fast since he literally packs like shorts and a shirt, bikes and beer, and that's it. This is what hurts. I'm the husband. Again, I am the husband. My final words are always like, did we pack the beer? And that's it. That's all I care about. But do you then play the card? Like, it's one thing to pack for yourself. It's another thing to then play the like, what are you so jazzed about? Packing's easy. Like, to then, I'm relaxed. (laughs) First of all, I would never, how dare you? I would never use the word jazzed ever. Like, why are you so crazy all the time about packing? It's so easy. Like, to then also play that as like the superior life approach? You would never do that. No, no, no. I would never do that because I'm not insane. (laughs) My husband famously, who's coming out smelling like a rose in this episode, I have thrown him under the bus before on the podcast. Famously, I heard him on the phone after I had a very emergency and fast labor and delivery, like 45 minutes with my first kid, almost born in the parking lot. I heard him on the phone saying, oh, yeah, it was really fast and easy. And I was like, come here, come here. You and I need to talk. We're not using that phrase again, you know? And no, I would never say like packing is fast and easy. I always say to my husband, like, you're incredible. Thank you so much. You're so organized. I love My husband's an engineer and I'm an artist. I feel like packing is his purview. Let's talk about the very classic husband crime of really needing to do a completely unnecessary chore (laughs) right before you leave. You're like 10 minutes late for the airport. Adriana says, few hours before departing on a cross-country flight, I was hours into packing for the kids, packing for me, packing gifts for the family. She downloaded movies onto tablets. She walked the dog. Totally, right? Her husband was not packed yet, but he was very busy downloading an app that recognizes and identifies bird calls so he could identify a sound of a bird he had just heard in our yard. He is not a bird watcher, Adriana says. He just chose this moment to care about birds. I mean, that is a great one. This, I mean, I don't know. What do we need? Like a library, like a permanent record of the, I mean, this is such a good one. This is a classic one. I mean, it's the classic, like, we have company coming over and your husband's like, my woodshed out back, that woodshed out back, I bet I could store tools in that if it was fixed up. And you're like, what? If I dragged it, everything was in there. There's literally cat vomit in the front (laughs) hall. And like, you've decided that you're going to go see if that woodshed could be restored. Like, it's a classic husband cry. But this is an incredible example. Because I have to say, I thought the bird calls were going to be for their destination. Right, right, right. I did too. Like, well, they're going bird watching. Right. Yeah. When we get there, it would be nice to know what kind of birds are about. I mean, again, monstrous and unacceptable. But the fact that it was a bird he just heard in the backyard, and he was just suddenly curious about the bird call is chef's kiss. <laughs> exactly. Adriana's husband, I feel we have to give him some sort of husband crime award. I mean, this is this is a whole new level. This is something that my husband does on a much smaller scale. Like, you know, we need to leave for the airport. Again, apartment building. So like the elevator, we run for the elevator and it's here and we're all on it, holding the door open for the last person. And he will 100% of the time, let me just go grab a sweatshirt for the plane. Let me just fill up a water bottle. Let me just, like, he just has to go get one more thing. And I usually try to like, he's going to want a water bottle. And I'll be like, I have your water bottle. I think I've got him this time. Right. And then I'll be like, I, let me grab a checkbook. Like whatever. It'll be something that he, one more thing. And I'm not sure what that's scratching, but if any of you have figured out, let me know. Something. It's feeding him on some level. My husband is alternate plan Ables, as I call him. So he's Ables, Margaret Ables. He's David Ables. And his What Kind of Monster Vacation Edition is I'm like, okay, I think I have it figured out. If we get up in the morning, then we bring all the chairs into the back of the car. Then I know you have to work, so you could drive us to the beach, and then we'll get out. You have the beach passes. Keep one behind. Like, I've spent some time being like, here's a plan to get us all to the beach. Our friends who are meeting us, they can meet us there. But if anyone needs to come back, then you can open the door. And 1,000% of the time, my husband alternate plan Ables will reply or right and then present just an equally valid but different plan not a better plan just a different plan and again i always say like right. what is that scratching for you the need to always be like i mean it's pretty complicated <laughs> your alternate plan amy i think i'm the monster in that i might be alternate plan amy yeah i think so we could do it your way but what if we did it my way which i'm just going to vamp right now i'm just going to you know freeform off the top of my head associate what my plan would be like okay is it because you identify a flaw in the plan or just because you want to be heard on the subject i think yeah it's just like control is a yummy thing i want to say though i want to give a 
big, like what kind of monster to beaches? You know, why are the beach parking lots not sufficient for the cars that need to park there? Why are there passes? Why do you have to like, we used to live near the beach, but not near enough that we didn't have to wait in line sometimes for like 45 minutes for somebody to leave so we could take their parking spot. And just like, who wants to go to the beach that much? It's torture. It's torture. We have a rule. My dad lives down in Florida and we visit him. You get to the beach by 930 or not at all. Like the closest we have ever come to full interfamily warfare, like rending, like Game of Thrones, like rending of the dynasty was three cars trying to park at the beach one time. I mean, it was by the time we got to the sand. Was it 930? Was it 925 or was it 942? No, it was like 142. We went late in the day. We were like, oh, let's go have lunch first and then go to the beach. Huge mistake. And then the whole thing is um, a protected gopher tortoise sanctuary. So then on top of it, you have kids screaming because there's a million signs that are like, don't run over gopher tortoises or you will like ruin the earth and eradicate the species. <laughs> you, you alone are the monster, right? You are the gopher tortoise murdering monster. And so then the entire time you're trying to find a spot, your kids are screaming like, be careful for gopher tortoises. I mean, let me tell you, never again. It was dark times. <laughs> I think one car ended up abandoning. I mean, it was bad. Amy, we're going to break so many monsters when we come back. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro <laughs> aunt at this yes. point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Amy, Sarah says, mother-in-law sharing a camper with us and interfering with discipline. What kind of monster? Whew. Who is the monster? I feel the person who thought it was a good idea to go camping with their mother-in-law might have been the monster. And I'm assuming that was the spouse. The uh, RV vacation. Yeah. And any RV is going to get pretty small for your immediate family, let alone people who have thoughts about how your immediate family should do things. Well, people who have been listening to the podcast for a long time know that I went on an RV vacation. Yes. And my husband was not able to come after we had rented the RV and committed to the RV. That is a what kind of monster family vacation classic. Like, oops, actually, I can't go. Oops, actually, I'm not going to be there. You go off in the RV. Did he not look at the calendar or were the events out of his control? So it, it wasn't his fault. But It was work. Work stuff came up. You know, it wasn't, it truly wasn't his fault. But my father-in-law ended up coming with us on that trip. And I have to say, with the help of some, you know, 
candles. Well, I was going to say alcohol. (laughs) We made it through. And like, we get along superiorly well. And still, you're in a 25-foot space. There's three children on the road driving all day. And then when you stop, you're either outside, you're constantly banging your head on stuff. I mean, it is about the highest level difficulty vacation. And I just cannot see doing it with anyone who was not first circle close and agreeable, you know? Yeah. And I have to give amazing props to my father-in-law. Like any father-in-law who can go with his daughter-in-law on an RV vacation for five days, like gets the golden crown. I mean, it was incredible because as we know, I am the monster. But, and my children are monsters. And um, I will say the one crime that my father-in-law committed on that trip, which was really funny, is that my kids were, it was probably four years ago now, maybe three years ago. My kids were littler. They were still like little kids. And we thought it would be fun to tell scary stories at night on the trip. Uh Uh-oh. And my father-in-law told an I mean, it wasn't a scary story. It was like cannibalism, like madness, people waking up and discovering their friends, like eating other friends. It was terrifying. And then at the end, it involved a jump scare where he turned all the lights off and screamed at them, to which one of my sobbing children ran into my arms and started screaming, why, why I thought Papa loved us. Like it was the scariest story that's ever been told. And I had to ban all scary stories after that, because what you really don't want is three kids who can't sleep in an RV. I just traveled this summer, extended trip with both sets of parents. So my kids, four grandparents, my parents and my spouse's parents. And I got to say, like, overall, it was amazing. And I'll tell you what the difference was. We weren't navigating and we weren't driving, right? We were on a tour. So like it was just being in the lobby at 9 a.m. Now somebody might get mad that so-and-so wasn't there at 8.59, 58, but just get in the car and go. And so it went totally swimmingly until the day the bus broke down. And we were in Italy. We weren't in the United States. We were on the side of the road. The driver with whom we could kind of communicate didn't want to touch anything because he just didn't want to mess up the bus. It was 90 degrees we were on the side of the road for a couple of hours, and it was probably about two hours and 45 minutes. Had it been three hours and 15 minutes, we would have started eating each other. <laughs> you would have been the story from my RV. That's how quickly it went downhill. And my father-in-law did save the day. He popped the, um, eventually, the driver let him pop the hood. He could see what it was, and they were going to come tow the bus. And my father-in-law was like, no, you need this one part. Have them bring this one part. Our vacation was rescued because it was that one part. Wow, your father-in-law is a huge hero. Yeah, he was under the hood. My dad was behind the bus waving at passing cars because people drive pretty fast in Italy. I don't know if you knew that and don't really want to slow down for you. I've heard. While we all just like kicked dust in the side of the highway and wanted to kill each other, but we made it. We're all still here. I mean, it really is true. There's the famous, famous onion headline, mom does all chores closer to the water on a beach vacation, you know? Yes. And there is a lot of that a vacation, but except for you've spent a ton of money Like a bad day in real life, it's like, okay, this stinks and my kids are horrible and I hate my spouse and my in-laws are terrible and like we're all having a bad day. But a vacation is that plus we've spent tens of thousands of dollars to be here that we saved for like three years. I mean, the stakes are very high on vacation. Yes. We're supposed to be having fun right now and we're... And we're not. It's raining. It's raining at Disney World, right? And we're in the hotel room yelling at each other. Yeah. And Sarah's husband forgot his swimsuit. Sarah's husband is the monster. He didn't forget his swimsuit, Amy. He forgets his swimsuit. This has now happened six times in eight years. He's going in in his shorts. I mean, he's going in in his underwear, like Borat. I don't care. Right. Yeah. Or his drawers. Like, it's fine. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what he has to do. I also feel like this is a little bit of two types of people in the world. My sister-in-law is super, super insanely just organized. She's just super organized and will come and it's like everybody has everything because she's double, triple check. I don't know what she does. She's magical. We always go and we're like, meh, we'll go to Target. Like we always, as you know from traveling with me, Amy has shared many a hotel room and the first stop for me is always got to stop at CVS because I forgot toothbrush, makeup remover. I forgot one thing. It's not the same thing. 
You keep it interesting. And I get that it's a little privilegy to be like, I just buy it. But I'm not talking about $400,000. I mean, I'm talking about a lot of money. But I just take the pressure off myself by being like, I'll forget something and it'll be $5 to get a toothbrush and I can budget that into the trip. It's fine. Sometimes your spouse can forget the important things. Amy, not me, different Amy, says, my family went on a cruise earlier this year. I did all the packing. And I included a thermometer, Motrin, eardrops, handy things for when kids get sick. Great idea, Amy, particularly when you're going to be on a cruise, right? Who knows what they do or don't have at the drugstore. Anyway, my husband thought this was crazy because nobody gets sick at home. Four days into the cruise, my son has an ear infection and I was able to pull out the stuff and we had a wonderful trip. But my husband forgot to bring socks. <laughs> to telling me he didn't need the list I made for him to make make sure he didn't forget anything. So I feel like this is like a monster mess. Like I thought he was going to tell her to like take the bag with the eardrops back out because of TSA or something. She had the stuff and it worked, but he didn't have socks. Right. It's this is more of the crime. And again, like this is a very self. I feel like forgetting stuff is not a solvable crime because I am this person. Like I packed for four hours for the Jersey Shore and I left my suitcase in the yeah in the house. I just this can't be fixed, as we say. Well, I do count suitcases. I have a tip for you. Yeah, count suitcases, except and then don't let anybody else get them out of the back, I guess. I also my husband's just my crutch because he's usually my body man, my Jeeves. He's always he counts suitcases. So I think that me trying to become a person who always has everything they need on a trip is maybe not realistic. But as you said, I never say, (laughs) why are you so uptight about packing? I understand, like, thank God you're uptight because we get there And when our kid who gets migraines gets a migraine, I say, do you even leave? And he's like, of course I do. Here they are. Like, he knows what needs to come. And yeah, I mean, goofing on the organized person is something I would take right off my list. Speaking of being sick, Amy, Rena says, my husband and I flew to Arizona for a two-week vacation with our four-month-old and three-year-old. During that vacation, both of the kids got horribly sick and the baby went to urgent care in the ER. My husband ended up with appendicitis and had to get his appendix removed three days into the trip. And on the way back, the airline made us check our stroller to baggage claims. So we had to walk through the airport after our flight with a hysterical toddler, me wearing the baby and a husband who couldn't pick anybody up. It's all on you. But who's the monster? I mean, there's uh, the germs are the monster. I mean, that's a monstrous trip. Yeah. Have you had kids get sick on vacation? Oh, I mean, I have a an essay in my first book about my kid, my baby throwing up eight times in one plane ride. Oh, on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that one, the norovirus. I had a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a baby, and I was traveling by myself. So yeah, they always get sick. And my middle guy, he had a double ear infection when we were in Jamaica once. He was like one and a half. And I spent two days being like, what is with him? Like, why is he so cranky? Why is he taking a nap at 10, 15 in the morning? Like thinking, you know, he's the monster, right? He's being this cranky toddler until he was burning hot to the touch. He had a double ear infection. And what do you do? Do you just have to find a hospital there and... Thank goodness. Yeah. And that stuff gets tricky outside of the country, right? But there was a doctor who came to see him and, you know, and was able to get him the medicine he needed. And yeah, it would have been dicey. So I definitely travel with the stuff you might need, Benadryl, whatever, stuff that might be a little dicey to get at certain places, have it with you. I'll pack you one. I'll pack two. This is my list when we travel. It's what can't we live without? Like what is not available at Target? So like prescription medications that we all take, like that has to, we triple check that. So we do do the top line things so that I'm always team like, yeah, we can get it there. Although when we went to Europe, I was like, "Mm, I guess I don't want to spend my vacation like buying underwear at Target, you know, whatever Target equivalent is. No, and weird things are hard to find. Like Benadryl is a perfect example. Like you can get all kinds of things in Europe at pharmacies, but not Benadryl. Like that's a controlled substance there for some reason. Oh, and that's what happens. And like, yeah, sometimes you can get like all sorts of crazy stuff and you can't get the thing you need. And yeah, yeah. We were in France and England. And it one of the things that really makes me laugh in France is that the whole country is just so different in their relationship to food. We were out. We had another friend who we had run into. We were all together. So five kids, five adults. And at lunch, we were like, we just want to grab something like a food court. Like we don't want to sit. If you sit down at one of those nice cafes, that meal is three hours long. God bless them. Like they enjoy their lifestyle. But the grab and go food is 
Unless you want to eat like a crepe from a shack. And I have to say, what they call a hot dog in France, none of my kids would touch. It was like a weird gray sausage roll. It was not, you know. And so the thing of like, we'll just grab hot dogs out of the car, no coffee. Everything's very civilized. But when you're traveling with kids, the kind of grab and go. It made me wish I had brought like peanut butter and a bag of bread just to like... We're not really hungry, but we just want to get to dinner. You know, that meal is hard to find overseas, I found. I swear to God, I have a story that relates to this. So I took my kids. My husband had to work in London for work for about 10 days when the kids were really little. And we're like, let's all go. We brought his parents because the kids were little and I needed a lot of help with them. And my husband was going to be very busy working. And then we went to Paris. My five-year-old at the time was an extremely picky eater. And so I, yes, I am the planner, the packer, the organized. I did bring a loaf of bread and a thing of Jif peanut butter to the airport with me, thinking I would bring it to London and Paris, where I really wasn't sure what he was going to eat. But I couldn't get the peanut butter through TSA. The TSA was a monster. I'm like, that's not liquid. Well, I guess it's peanut butter isn't liquid, but it's a viscous. What would you call it? Mm, it's close it's spreadable. Enough. It's viscous. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you spreadable. can't take it. Sorry. Can't bring that. Oh, they stole your peanut butter. And the peanut butter over there is quote unquote weird. <laughs> Amy, we are going to be back with a what kind of monster that is titled vomit and sand fleas. So you're going to want to stick around. More and more you hear about the importance of electrolytes as part of staying hydrated because you need the sodium and the potassium, not just the water. And whether you're looking to hydrate during a workout while traveling or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing and without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. They're little packets you can just grab and take with you to mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate. Interesting. My high schooler likes the lemon lime, and she keeps a few handy in her backpack for days that she has practiced after school. These electrolytes have the sodium and the potassium that you need to go with it in the optimal ratio for daily hydration. Visit sportsresearch.com and use code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's sportsresearch, S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate electrolytes order. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Otube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. <laughs> And now, classic husband fights from the What Fresh Hell podcast. The just because you can repeat exactly what I said doesn't mean you were listening fight. What? You were talking about your friend Jane or, I don't know, Jen, the one who is annoying to you in some way. You were talking about her. The why do I have to remember everyone's birthday and shop for them even though they're on your side of the family fight. Sweetheart, I don't know what kind of sweater my mom would like. The taking apart the dryer because why should we pay someone to fix it when I could do it myself fight. I should have this working by the weekend after next. At the latest, I just gotta figure out what part I need. The why did you bring this home from the grocery store when it's not at all what I asked for fight. If soy milk isn't real milk, then why does it say milk on it? The what? I'm supposed to give you a medal for doing six dishes? Fight. Knocked out the dishes, hon, except that gross one you did the chicken in. And the one with the eggs from this morning. Uh, I didn't know what you wanted me to do with those. This has been Classic Husband Fights. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. 
Tiffany says, we all went on a vacation work trip with my husband to the California, Oregon border. Beautiful part of the country if you've never been. Kids were little. My youngest gets sick at nap time at the hotel. Pukes all over her sleeping bag. Ugh, I have to rinse it out in the tub. We go to the beach later and this beach has some kind of sand flea. All four of us get bitten all over our legs and ankles. Not ideal. I was waiting for them to kind of come together, like this vomit and sand fleas to meet, but these are just two separate, horrible, and yet totally likely events that happened on one vacation. Yeah, it's little kids, because I'm now, it's, I really have blocked some of this stuff out. We went once, we were in Texas, where my husband's from, and for some reason, I think we had kind of visited grandparents, we were staying at a hotel, and for some other reason, someone had conference points or whatever, so we got a room in a really nice hotel, but it was the kind of thing where like six of us were all staying in the same hotel room, like adjoining or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I only had two kids at the time. And yeah, one of my kids did that little kid thing of just out of the blue starts vomiting and like never stops. And then I went, I had, I was sitting on the bed and I went to lean over, picture like my legs are on the bed, but I went to lean over sideways to pick the baby up the floor. And in doing so, like threw my back out to the point where I was frozen. Have you ever seen like that happen on TV? Like people are like, I can't move. Like I could not move. I have seen it happen on TV. And I thought that was the kind of thing that only happened on TV. No, it was truly like I could not, I was frozen. So my back is bad. We've got the fire hose puking toddler. And this beautiful hotel room in some fancy hotel, instead, we just were like spraying it with baby vomit and being like, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're horrible people. We are the monsters. I think you have to assume that one of your kids is going to vomit when you go on a vacation. It just go together. Yeah. Travel with... Uh, now, I will say like view from the future, traveling with a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old is pleasant adjacent, I would say. Like it's kind of a lot of work because, you know... They're not responsible and you have to kind of be like, okay, where's your bag? Okay, where's your this? Whatever. But it is not torture. And I mean, there's certainly we were away at a beach house and my son all of a sudden was like, my eyes bothering me. And he took his glasses off and his eye was like swollen shut. Like there's always that thing of like, what fresh hell is this? Yes. That's just what I mean. The vacation. It's going to happen on vacation. It couldn't have happened at home two days earlier. And luckily it turned, I thought I was like, it's a sty or it's some sort of alert. We got to go to the urgent care. But it turned out that no one had told me that his brother had hit him with a shoe in the eye. So it was just a black eye. It was fine. But that, you know, you're in the middle of having fun. And then one of the kids is like, oh, by the way, does this bump look weird to you? And you're like, oh my God, we're going to spend the next three days like in an Italian hospital, like trying to figure this out. Not great, but it does get, I'm going to say it gets a lot easier. I feel like we have this split, Amy. Alicia is the monster. Oh, yes. I wanted to go over this one. I want to hear what you think. All my family likes to listen to music on the beach, except me. I need nature's music, the ocean waves. It makes me crazy. I know we have a divide on this. You're team silence. I'm team silence or second choice is one source of music. I have a hard time with somebody's playing music over there and somebody's playing music over there. And now then let's start a third Bluetooth speaker in between with yet a third different song. That makes me crazy. <laughs> Let me give you a piece of advice. Don't go to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yes. I just came back. And I mean, it really is like, and there's a huge sign that says, you know, no music without headphones. And it is just a jukebox of warring Bluetooth speakers on the sand. How do you feel about that? Like, do you care if there's Four different songs playing? So I don't like to annoy other people. So if I was sitting on a beach by myself or sometimes when I'm at the lake, I like to have music playing when I'm sitting outside and contemplating when I'm doing my staring into the middle distance and just contemplating life. I like to have little music. Oh, going. really? Okay. And I like music in the car. I like music. I'm team music generally. Mm -hmm. But my husband is team silence. And so, and I do agree. My husband and I, the biggest problem we have is that this is not the biggest problem we have. One of the problems we have is that we have unbelievably opposite musical tastes. So I want to get my little like acoustic Taylor Swift vibe going. And he wants to listen to like Master of Puppets from Stranger Things, like Master of Puppets, a puppet. I'm like, who wants to listen to that on the beach? Certainly not while I'm contemplating the middle distance. Right? Good Lord. I'm trying to like watch the seagulls. I don't want like to hear like about the Master of Puppets. We went to a um, an all-inclusive resort this summer, which was very lovely. Again, with extended family. That's great. I mean, if you can get it, great. Nobody's cooking and the kids can go do whatever they want. It's awesome. 
my one beef with it was like I'd wake up early because I like to wake up early, get a little writing done, whatever. I'd open the doors to this terrace where we could see the ocean. I mean, it, the sun wouldn't even be up yet. And it would be like, inch, 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 like loud music from the pool. And there's nobody around and it's silence and there's a sunrise and the ocean waves, which I can't hear because there's already this like weird dance music playing. I don't understand that the hotel was pumping it. Like you can probably let this go until 9 a.m., but nope. <laughs> Yeah. Let's turn it down. My um, dad would always embarrass us because every restaurant we ever went into, he's like, what's the chance of turning the music down in here? He's like, but it's true. I mean, that music is one of those things. We've talked about like misophonia. Like the worst for me is if somebody's like listening to music live. Like if you have to hear music that's like, there's the little bit that's coming through. Like that. Torture. Or... If music is bothering one member of your party, it's over for me. Like, if I can't relax, if the music is bothering my dad, like, my day is ruined. But in general, it doesn't bother me. This has happened to us. Marianne says, what kind of vacation monster tells the kids we are going to a water park and then checks the website to learn that the park is closed, like, forever? Uh Uh-oh. This happened to us. It was during COVID, but the place never did reopen. My kids, like, they have a place. We go to Texas. They love to go. Yay, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then, like, the morning of, we checked, and it was closed. And let me tell you, expectation management can really slap you in the face when you're not paying attention. <laughs> it's been a long time since I had to go to a water park. Let me tell you guys, better days are coming. Like, I, if I went to a water park, it would be to drop my big kids off. I don't need to. I enjoy a lazy river. Yeah, water parks... It's like part of a larger like hotel thing, but not like the standing in line for 40 minutes for a slide. We spend a lot of time at Schlitterbahn, the world's largest water park, Amy. It's down in Texas. Yeah. Schlitterbahn. I'm sure there's a lot of nodding from our podcast listeners down in Texas. They know Schlitterbahn. Amy, Schlitterbahn is the hottest, coolest time in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the hottest, coolest time you can have because you're cool in the water, but it's hot. I think I can make time for it. Um, Let me tell you, if you don't like ambient music, Schlitterbahn is not the place for you. And if you don't like being part of the human soup of thousands of people, but somehow we managed to like Schlitterbahn, but it does involve a certain level of denial. But yeah, we always, it, it is, I mean, if we ever, if Schlitterbahn closed, I would not even want to be in the car when we had to make the announcement that uh, Schlitterbahn was Your personal feelings aside, it would be a tough day for some other people. TSA has become the monster for many people. Amanda says, we nearly ended up divorced trying to fit a double stroller on the security belt. I think that makes TSA the monsters. The guys just stared at me like I was holding up the line. I was sweating, holding two toddlers' hands. Husband had our four suitcases. We were a hot mess. This is a strange one. The TSA are the monsters because... If you really couldn't fit it on the belt, then they can just take it through security and wand it. I mean, I've seen that done. So what were these guys doing? These hosers watching you? I'm going to speak for a moment for the TSA, though. I get it. Because I had a double stroller that I regularly brought through the TSA. They see you coming and they're like, this is a bad day for me. Like, you're the 400th person they've seen trying to fold the double stroller. And all they're thinking is like, what kind of monster travels with a double stroller? Like, yeah. you know, they don't really see the portrait of your life. It's one of these clashing stories problems because for them, they're like, who doesn't know how to fold their double stroller? And, but I mean, yes, it's the thing of like, it's um, fox hen grain, you know, the puzzle about how to get across the water. You've got a fox, a hen and a grain. Do you know about that? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. But wait, but take it down for me. What is it? It's an old puzzle. I wrote about it a long time ago on my blog, but it's like, that's what having kids is like. The idea is you're on one side of a river and you have a boat and you have fox, hen and grain. And then you have to decide who you take in the boat and you leave on the other side and then you can only take one at a time. So if you like bring the hen and then you bring the grain, the hen has eaten the grain by the time you get back for the fox. The fox has eaten the hen by the time you get back for the grain. So it's a puzzle. But that is like getting through security is like, okay, if I let go of my toddler's hands to fold the stroller, they're going to run in different directions while I'm trying to get my laptop out of my case. Like it's pretty impossible to do. But I also think that the TSA people are like, I can't make this my problem 450 times a day. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I'm not going to assist you. I'm not going to say, just hand it to me and we'll want. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. They're an immovable force. So you just have to be just as immovable. Like, oh, I don't know how to fold this stroller. <laughs> like, oh, this doesn't fit. And I'm going to say 
as I have with children getting instruments out of the backseat of the car on the pickup line, you might want to run this drill a couple of times at home. Like, okay, how do I fold the stroller and lift it? And where are the kids? Like, let me figure it out before I get to the front of the TSA line. And I'm team both because I've been the person trying to fold the stroller. Look for a helpful mom behind you. Could you hold my toddler's hand while I fold the stroller? I'm not placing blame. I'm just trying to be part of the solution. Thanks for that. Crystal says, what kind of monster early in our marriage, husband can't find something he needs in the luggage that I packed for mine? Where's my ensues? Now I'm the monster. I will not pack anyone else's luggage because I'm not about to hear that phrase. Yeah, no, we don't need to be packing our partner's luggage unless it's like they're not home. They're meeting you there or something. And this is a good thing with the kids, too. We just went to the pool yesterday and two of my kids said to me in quite annoyed voices, where are my goggles? Yeah. I said, they're wherever you left them. That's where your goggles are. And I get it. Like, they've gotten used to me being the holder of the goggles bag since they were five. But I'm like, you're teenagers, where your goggles are or where they are. Yeah. And like, where's my is a phrase that's coming out of our lives. It's thankless because you try to think of everything and then you didn't know they needed the charger for the switch, not that charger, the other charger. You know, you couldn't have looked into that crystal ball, but it's still going to be your fault. Let's finish up with Vicky, who says, me, I am the monster, July heat in Rome, jet lag, planned too much for the first day with our five and eight-year-olds. Yes. My daughter lost her mind because I wouldn't let her use her new digital camera over a deep well. She and I got in a huge fight overlooking the Circus Maximus that culminated in me throwing her brand new special pink hat to her in anger. It went like a frisbee and skittered through the dirt. Her broken-hearted wail snapped me out of it. She is 17 and still tells this horror story all the time. First of all, Team Vicky, we know Vicky in real life, and she's a lovely person. She would never purposely misthrow a hat at the Circus Maximus. I know that about her. That's what I'm stuck with when she says her broken-hearted wail snapped me out of it. I'm sort of like, good for you, Vicky, because... No, I think I might have been like, you can live at the Circus Maximus from now on and right. see people who had real problems, the Circus Maximus people getting eaten by lions, kid. Right. You think they had pink hats? They had nothing. But I do think a lot of the monstrousness that happens on vacation, it's the mix of stories, right? My story is we're here to have an amazing time and see the history of Rome. And my... Eight-year-old story is, I'm exhausted and the food is weird and I don't like it here and I'm hot. Really hot, yeah. And my husband's story is, vacation is a time for relaxation and my wife is constantly yelling at me about lists and to-dos and plans and her eight spreadsheets and I am just trying to have fun and why is she so mad that I don't have any socks or a swimsuit at the beach? What's the mom's story in that equation? The mom's story is, I do everything and everybody's mad at me. I do everything. Everyone's mad at me. All I'm trying to do is make sure we get to this place with the things we need so we don't spend our entire beach vacation driving off of the island that has one causeway to find a target so that this one can get his socks and this one can get his swimsuit. And nobody realizes that I spent, you know, months planning this thing. And I've done a lot of vacation planning this summer. And I have spent a good deal of time when my kids were rolling their eyes or saying, where's the thing you forgot or blah, 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 trying to modify my reaction, not based on the fact of you don't see the invisible work that went into us just being here. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that you want to be bored, even though I have through enormous expense and money that I scrimped and saved, either taken you to this magical European place, brought you to this beach just so that you would enjoy yourself taking you to visit your grandparents on a plane that was, you know, expensive and difficult to get on. And my story is always like, I don't want to hear a thing. And I think that that's where Vicky's coming from in her story, right? Like, I have created the magic and now you will appreciate it. Yeah. And that sometimes the other person's part of the story is like, I'm just having a bad day. And it's not about that. I don't appreciate all the work you've done. Yeah. And trying to convince each other of the rightness of your story in the July heat at the Circus Maximus. It's not going to happen, speaking from experience. Right, on the side of the bus, right? Yeah, it's like things go wrong, and that's part of it too. But let's be honest, Amy, we're great, and other people are the monsters. I think that's <laughs> where we can leave this story. i tell you what you can always do is come here and tell us how annoying other people in your lives are, and we are here to listen. 
please do. I got to give, we don't usually award prizes, but Adriana's husband. With the bird call? Checking the bird calls. That is maybe the greatest thing I've ever heard in the history of this podcast. Like that is a husband crime. I mean, slow clap to you, Adriana's husband. You really made my day with that one. It's special in a way that I just, it will stay with me. She's the grand marshal of the next What Fresh Hell Parade. The fact that the birds were not at the destination, but rather just a curious thing that was happening in your own backyard, slow (laughs) clap forever. Amazing. Friends, we solved it. We know who the monster is. It's not us. It's them. So guess what? We have a newsletter. Finally, we've been talking about it and we finally have one now where we're taking all the best episodes of the last month. Sometimes we're talking about other things we're watching, reading or doing and places you can find us next. To join the fun on our newsletter, all you have to do is go to whatfreshhellpodcast.com. There's a little pop up that comes up. Sign up. We won't spam you. We're going to send you stuff like once a month. And it's just like super fun, good listening stuff for us, Toddler Purgatory and some of our other favorite podcasts. Yep. Make sure to sign up. And with that, we will talk to you next week. Thank you, uh, Hellions and non-monsters out there. Farewell, Hellions all. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.